Hold on. Bring it back. Welcome to the Endurance Town USA podcast, a state of mind destination where endurance athletes of all levels connect. This episode of our Faces Behind the Races mini series is brought to you by Race Roster, a premier event registration partner for race directors nationwide. I'm Travis Ford, producer and man behind the curtain here at the Endurance Town USA podcast. Today, our host and Race Slow CEO and founder, Samantha Pruitt, traveled to Moab, Utah to participate in this year's Desert Rats 150, then shortly after, sat down with the director, Reed Delman, also known as Gemini Reed. Reed is the owner of Gemini Events and lives in Boulder with his wife and two twin daughters, the inspiration behind the Gemini name. He's dedicated himself to a number of sports over the years, including wrestling, rock climbing, adventure racing, ultra running, mountain biking, mixed martial arts, cage fighting, and most recently earned a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Gemini Reed has participated in some of the nation's biggest running events, including the Leadville 100 Bike and Run, Hard Rock 100, Eco Challenge, which is making a comeback next year, and everything from snowshoe races to Ironman distance triathlons. As a self-proclaimed untalented athlete, he's always looking for the next great challenge and opportunity to push his limits. Sam sat down with Reed shortly after the race in Moab, and I'll let her take it from here. Hey, Reed. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing excellent. So fantastic to be here with you in Moab, Utah. Thrilled. We just finished uh, Desert Rats together. We were out in the desert, having a good time. How are you feeling? Tired. Yeah? It's a long week. It's a long week. Did you enjoy yourself out there? I did. You know, being around all the people and and the scenery and it's the backcountry. Great to be there for a whole week. It's just Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, but a a lot of work. A lot of work what you do. It's a a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tell me um, a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and where were you born? I was born and grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, moved to Boulder, Colorado when I was uh, 22, 23, something like that. What brought you there? The mountains. Okay. You know, you look at the mountains and uh, actually my brother lived there. So I went out there and wasn't sure if I was going to keep going on to like Bend, Oregon or something like that. Wanted a good adventure town. And uh, stayed there for a couple of weeks with him and decided to stay there. So Adventure Town, you were drawn to the mountains. Does that mean that that was your upbringing or you were craving that and that's why you left? I started rock climbing. Okay. And uh, I was doing a lot of rock climbing. And that was kind of the early days of climbing gyms and sport climbing and things like that. And, uh, you know, went through Boulder and saw all the great climbing and decided to stay there. Well, what kind of sports were you doing when you were younger that made you fit enough to even be a climber at that age? So I I wrestled. My background is wrestling. Okay. Uh, you know, elementary school, junior high, high school, college, post college. Wow. Did I? Uh, you know, I still do. I still wrestle a few times a week. And, um. So then after college, and after you know, after college, before I got into the, into the international wrestling. Uh, there was a gap that need needed to be filled because you had spare time or you just craved the wild and crazy, <laughs> bring it on all, sort of all mentality. Of the above. Yes. Adrenaline junkie. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Actually I went through an, an adrenaline junkie phase. Detox. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, every day you go in there and, and you work hard and you're focused and, and you have this drive and, and excitement every day when you're training mm. and then all of a sudden it's gone. 
need something to fill that gap. Right. Interesting. So you grew up, uh, what was your family like? So we, we would car camp a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we weren't, you know, not really adventure. You know, we were around a little bit, but there's not much in Cleveland. Not <laughs> yeah. so much. Right. <laughs> no mountains to climb or anything like that. But, uh, but, but my parents were very environmental, you know, outdoorsy. Do you have any siblings? Well, you've got one brother, Glenn. I've got three brothers. Three brothers? Three brothers. Oh, okay. Yep. Where are yeah. they? Yeah. Uh, so one is in New York, one is in Columbus, Ohio, and one is in Baltimore. Okay. Um, and yeah, and we just went with my father recently. Um, just this past spring, we all went to the Grand Canyon. Oh, did some cool. Did a nice little adventure. Just weekend. the brothers or the yeah. whole family? Well, there's just us. My mother passed away a number of years ago. Okay. Um, so all five of us got together. And Really wow. Nice. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it wasn't our families. It wasn't with our kids and stuff. Was yeah. the boy, it was the men. Just, just the boys. The yep. men. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you and your dad are still close? Yep. Yeah. Where, where does he live? Uh, he lives in Cleveland still. Okay. Can't get him to move out to Boulder, huh? No. No. He, he grows roots. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> He's one of those characters. Yeah. And you have a wife and two children that yeah. are twins, correct? That's right. Okay, how they, old are they? They are. They just turned fifteen. Wow. Be driving soon. Woo! Are you yeah. excited about that? Uh, there's Nervous? there's some things I'm yeah I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I know they're looking forward to it, and I I want them to have that independence. Um, yeah, actually, I just got a text that uh, they want me to take them for the driver's test. Um, uh, right when I get back from here. Okay. So they're going to go together. They're close twins. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. Old... We're, we're a close family. We, we do all kinds of adventures together. We just went up to British Columbia uh, just a couple weeks ago. I was home for a week and then came to the desert up in British Columbia doing some sea kayaking and it rained the whole time. Typical British Columbia weather and just beautiful. Then I went back for a week. So the whole family went, your wife and kids went sea kayaking as well, or? Yeah, the four of us. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're good sports. Uh, Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, I drag them all out on these (laughs) things. But (laughs) But they go. But Mm -hmm. I know that they're thankful afterward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And we're going on a rafting trip uh, two days after I get back. Where's that going to be? Uh, just down to Colorado. Okay. Um, near Fruta. So fun. Yeah. So your wife is really adventurous because she's married this crazy guy like you, and basically it's never been a dull moment, I'm sure, <laughs> right? You met him uh, older? Good, good or bad. Is, uh, no, actually, uh, we met in Columbus. Oh, you did? Yeah, and then she moved out to Boulder. Oh. We uh, <laughs> dated for 12 years. What? Now, now we've been married for uh, 16 too young for any of that yeah right right? we'll put things in perspective so what were some of the major influences on you when you were younger to get you into this adventurous lifestyle whether experiences or people or both um i'd have to say my parents again they were big into the environment and the outdoors uh very you know big into activities um and again i i'm I'm a very physical person. I, I love the wrestling. I love going out and exploring and uh, pushing myself. 
you know, a lot of that is, uh, it, it all kind of comes from the same place. You know, I would way rather go to Moab and, and go on some big adventure in Moab where I push my limits than to go to Africa and be on some tour, mm-hmm. see the sights. You know, to me, the, the depth, I, I prefer the depth, um, really getting a sense of, of an area rather than just going and visiting. So you don't go to the Grand Canyon and scan on the rim, look down and go, wow, that's awesome, and then get back in your car? You don't I do don't. That? I don't do that. Nope. <laughs> nope. This last time. Because most of America does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this last time we went, I ran down to the bottom back up. Mm-hmm. I have run rim to rim to rim before. Um, yeah. Sightseeing thing. And, and I feel bad, too, because I don't go to museums. I don't take my kids to museums. and. Uh, the opera or plays or anything like that. So I have some guilt over that. Why? But Why would you have guilt? What do you think they're missing? It might be something they would enjoy. Okay. I don't know what they would enjoy because they haven't experienced that. They've experienced some really cool stuff. Yeah. And when they're older, they can go to it. Right. And I'm sure actually they're teenagers. They would tell you now, you know, if they really want to do something, I'm sure they're probably pretty <laughs> vocal about their ideas now. So we play a game. Oh, yes. The, yep. The, this the, is the family or just you and the kids? Uh, me and the kids. Okay. Right? That we, we call it um, kids or therapist. Okay. Okay. Years from now, who will they be telling about this adventure? <laughs> their kids or their therapist? <laughs> That's <laughs> <Right>? awesome. <laughs> I love it. And do you ask them this during the adventure? Or do you wait till afterwards? Uh, we play around with it both. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, when one one is upset and crying because we're, you know. Having the a hike, bad experience. Yeah, the hike is too hard. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, they'll say, this is definitely a therapist <laughs> adventure. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's not always, uh, they're not always going to be proud and tell their kids about it. Sometimes they'll be telling their therapist about it. Well, actually, in the lessons that are being learned, they will use those. Right. Even if they were hard-earned lessons. Sure. Yeah. So well, there's I, always a value. Yeah. yeah. And it sure the hell was not boring. Right? right. Because then they have right. nothing to tell. They, and there's no story. Yeah. They are not having a boring no child. That's mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't either, it sounds like. No. No. Mm-hmm. So how was that for you being a new dad? You have twins. You're the stay-at-home dad. Your wife's leaving to go to work every day. Right. What was your life like? I worked out a lot. You did for stress <laughs> reduction? For sanity? Well, or? for stress reduction, yeah, and, and like, because they would have child care at the, at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did that, and um, we didn't do much sitting around. Mm-hmm. So from day one, they... Movers yeah. and shakers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, part of it, a big part of it was for my sanity. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, you know, anytime we were sitting home, I just, I felt the downhill slide starting mm-hmm. and we would go out and have fun. Mm-hmm. So cool. So what kind of things did you do with these young twins? Where did you take them or what were some of your grand adventures? Uh, so, so they were, they, I was potty training them on, at a campground on the pit toilets. <laughs> Uh, in Leadville. No way. (laughs) This is awesome. How old were they at that point? Do you remember? Uh, And you had your kids at Leadville. That's classic. 
three years. I don't uh -huh. know how old you. I don't yeah. So you're camping old. and you're at Leadville. I decided I'd go up there and acclimate. Okay. My wife was working. Okay. So I went up there, you know, week and a half ahead of the race. Uh -huh. And uh, Oh, you were going to be in the race. You I were acclimating running. for Leadville. Right, right. You take your twin two-and-a-half, three-year-olds or whatever with right. you to the race to acclimate. This right. is this is fantastic. Right. Okay. So we just camped. We just camped for that time. And, wow. uh, and like I said, they were potty training, so I, uh -huh. they were learning on the pit toilets at the campground. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you finish Leadville that year? I don't do remember. remember. I, I have some DNFs there. And sure. Everybody probably does. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah. And was, your wife was cool with that. That's yeah, great. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, she loves... She She's an ultra runner. Oh, she is? She's okay. way more of a runner than I am. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So when did you launch Gemini Adventures? So they were born in 2003, and at our first race, uh, my wife was pregnant. With mm -hmm. the twins. What was the first race you produced? Uh, the desert. Well, it had a different name at the time. Okay. But it was the desert rat. It, it's now the Desert Rats Trail Running Festival. Okay. At the time, we called it the Spring Desert Ultra. Mm -hmm. And I, I really created it with our, the Desert Rat Stage Race in mind. That's where I started. Okay. And this was then, a one day initially. Yep. Okay. It was a, um, a twenty-five and a fifty mile. So the twenty-five. It was one loop for 25, and then in reverse direction for the 50. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it really just came about because uh, I was putting together the stage race. Mm -hmm. and another, What year was this? So this was 2002, 2003. Okay. And another race uh, around us was canceled that year. It's, since then, it's come back, and it's a, it's a really good race. So I, for, I had the format, same format, mm -hmm. after this race that was canceled. So, you know, might as well do it. I'm already talking about permits and things like that. Mm -hmm. I could put on this race. And there were a lot of bumps along the way. As the there are when you're self-employed in any business. Right. But yeah, race directing is <laughs> has its own challenges. Right. Yeah. And I had some great friends that really helped out in the beginning. You know, mm -hmm. they put some long hours into, you know, the night before the event and things like that. Yeah. And, uh. But now it runs way more smoothly, and I'm not asking so much of my friends. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> Everything starts out uh, volunteer-based, of course. Right, yeah. You know, it's just a twinkle in your eye and a bunch of volunteers who right. are just as crazy as you, signing right, on right. for the adventure. Yep. And then eventually it becomes a business. Yeah. So what point were you doing this full-time? Uh, well, from the, from the beginning. Okay. Um, because, again, it was a decision that I was going to quit teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, but those early years were tough. Uh, it was. It was actually. It was back before internet, like we have it now. Uh, any internet was dial-up, mm -hmm. and I would try, you know, trying to create our website with dial-up. Oh my gosh! And yeah. yeah, everything was so slow. I would sit there and feed the babies uh, while the page was being pulled up. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. So it was. It was a, it was a tough start. Uh huh. So tell me a little bit about your race directing experiences. You you started the company and you had the one race, and yeah. now you have many races. Tell me about how the company's developed. So it's been growing pretty organically. You know, again, taking you know changing directions sometimes and making some changes. I've got a couple of great people working with me now, mm -hmm. working in the office. Mm -hmm. One of the big things uh, was when I actually got an office. Mm -hmm. 
getting out a of the real house. office, a real office. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Go it's to huge, work every it's day. It's a huge commitment. It is. Yeah. But it, it's well worth it. When I was working at home, it was very difficult. Like I said, I was on dial up and, and sitting in, in the one room and there's always a baby crying or <laughs> more laundry that needed to be done. Or, yeah. you know, you put them down for a nap and, and you have to get as much work done as you can. And then it all just stops because they wake back up and mm-hmm. you have to. One's asleep, one's awake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I got the office, that was a big change. You've got Kyla in there. Yep. Yeah, I've yep. met her. She's fantastic. Yep, she's what, been with what's me. What's she for, doing for you? She's been with me for six years. Great. Um, yeah, we have a great friendship and great working relationship. Uh, so it, it helps. And it, and I think the combination, I, I think our rapport adds to the vibe mm-hmm. of the of the events. Mm-hmm. She, she brings some things to the table that, you know, I bring some things to the table. Mm-hmm. And I, I could never order T-shirts for our races that look as good as the ones that she designs. <laughs> yeah, know? she's got the female touch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and the organizational touch. Mm-hmm. There's times when uh, when I have to go in and I have to knock some heads, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, totally. Um, we we work together really well. All right. Woo! Let's stop and catch our breath. I want to tell you a little bit about our presenting sponsor, Race Roster. Honestly, I've tried pretty much every registration platform that's out there. Nobody can touch the level of customer service and genuine business growth partnership available at Race Roster. They take the stress out of running my business and give me back the confidence and marketing tools I need to succeed. Catch a demo at raceroster.com backslash Endurance Town, USA. So now that you've got a new office and you've got some staff um, that are committed to, you know, helping you grow the company, what's your vision? So one of the things that we're doing is we're moving into tours, uh, running and mountain biking and hiking. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you about know, water? Uh, we do have some permits for oh, water. Okay. Yeah. I know that's a passion of yours. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying that. Uh, you know, that's no big water, but getting people, it helps getting people in the backcountry. Mm-hmm. You know, getting out on rafts and multi-day trips. At this point, we're only doing multi-day trips. And then uh, the races that we have, I would love to see our Desert Rats stage race mm-hmm. grow and flourish. Mm-hmm. That's one race. I'm sure that you care about all of the races, you know. I mean, as a race director, it's like our babies that we birth. There's no... <laughs> right. But I know Desert Rats has a special place in your heart. Why is that? Because it's it's true adventure. Mm. It's It makes people dig deeper than any of our other events, than any other event I've seen. And, and I love going to the 100-mile races and, and watching the people finish right at the 30-hour mark. Mm-hmm. You know, but then it's over. And the connections that... that people make it's just amazing and to get people out in the backcountry pushing themselves for six days it, it's incredible to watch their transformations during that week yes yeah. i mean i've done that race so i completed that race four years ago and i was just at it with you this last week yep. bringing a couple yep. of friends i didn't do the whole thing but bits and pieces yeah. and it was also fun for me to be on the other side of it and volunteer a little bit and you know hang out and 
have a different experience. So that was really fun for me too. It's very unique in where it goes and how it, you know, traverses from Colorado to Utah. That the landscape is just magnificent. But I would agree with you that that multi-day experience, whether you're going to do it in the adventure space with tours and trips, you know, guided tours, guided adventures, or in a, a race setting, um, really, you need to kind of have a few days in before you start stripping away the baggage yep. before people really are starting to dig deep and explore different pieces of themselves. Yeah. And, and, agree? and I find that when I do things with my family, Mm -hmm. uh, it takes about three days before you start to get that flow mm -hmm. and you don't get that flow in hundred mile races or, or any other, you know, adventures mm -hmm. that you do. And, and the intensity obviously is a little bit lower mm -hmm. than even, even than a 10 K if you're running a 10 K you push it hard and you work hard, mm -hmm. but to immerse yourself, totally immerse yourself in this backcountry experience. I haven't seen any other events that do it like this. What are some of the highs and lows that you've either experienced yourself because you've done a lot of these type of things yourself or that you've witnessed in others? The, you know, the lows are when, when people drop out as, as a race director, I love to see a high finishing rate. I love to see people get through a difficult time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and as a participant, there's, there's always lows. I've dropped out. Mm -hmm. I've had DNFs. We all have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to deal with. If, if I feel that I didn't need to drop out, I tend to keep going. Uh, quitting doesn't really even enter my mind for the most part. I remember I was uh, doing the Leadville 100 mountain bike race. Mm -hmm. And I was having a lot of asthma problems. And, and they, they were suggesting that I, that I stop. I had to be mile 70 something, mm. something, something. And, um, and they were suggesting I stop him. Nope. I'm, I'm going to continue on. I was sitting in a chair. They were doing some tests on me to make sure that I was okay to continue on. Uh, and, and they, they said, well, it's okay. You could just get in, you could get in a vehicle and we could take you back. And I kept thinking, no way, there's no way I'm going to get in that vehicle. And I remember sitting there and looking over at the vehicle that was going to take me back. And I said to him, so that's the, that's the vehicle I would get in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as the words were coming out of my mouth, I'm like, oh no, I'm quitting. Yeah. I can't believe I'm doing this. Interesting. Yeah. I've, I've had a few experiences in wrestling too, in my, my experience in wrestling, you know, where, where mentally I, I caved mm -hmm. or, you know, I didn't, I gave up. I feel, I feel I gave up. Interesting. Okay. And those are the things that haunt me. Do they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. What do you say to yourself in those kind of situations after you've quit, when you gave in to the desire to stop? I'm pretty hard on myself. Are you? Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's no excuse. For me, there's no excuse. And people will say, oh, you made it 80-some miles of a 100-mile race. That's amazing. No, I went in there hoping to do 100. Mm -hmm. 80, yeah, 87 miles of the Leadville 100 run. That's not what I came here to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, to lose in a wrestling match. Yeah. Okay, I, I made it pretty far, but that's not what I came here to do. Mm-hmm. 
hopefully in the long run, I learn from it. But during those times, yeah, it, it was weak. Well, it's interesting to me you studied psychology. So I'm very curious now in those instances how you worked through it and then came back to toe the line. Because I know a lot of people, and I've had my own, you know, struggles. We've all had those kind of demons. Where do I want to try again? Why should I keep at this? Maybe I shouldn't be here. All the self-doubt, all the, you know, negative talk. If there was no doubt, then I wouldn't try it. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done 100-mile running races. I want to try a race that I don't know that I could finish. Mm -hmm. I want adventures that I'm not sure how they're going to go. Mm. That's really the definition of adventure, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I look at something and, well, if, if I know it's going to go smoothly, then it doesn't drive me. I dropped out of the uh, Hard Rock 100. Okay. And I would love to go back. That okay. was a hard one for me, too. Mm -hmm. I, after I dropped out, well, I, I wouldn't have made the cutoff time. Okay. There really was no way I would have made the cutoff time. Mm -hmm. But I stopped a little bit short of where they would have allowed me to go. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And even though I knew I wasn't going to finish, mm -hmm. I, still have should, I still should have gone mm -hmm. as far as they would have let me. Interesting. Yeah. And just something in you wasn't ready to go there. Yeah, now at 42 hours into the event, I was, <laughs> oh, well, I might as well stop here. Not thinking, you know, we think differently in the middle of it all. Right. We really do. Right. Mm -hmm. Just something you have to deal with. Oh, totally. But then you work through it, like a lot of us do, and we keep going. We sign up for something else. We right. look for the next adventure. Right. Um, I had that experience just this week with some of my friends, right? They had maybe not the best time out there. But 24, 48 hours later, we're talking about the next race. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. And that's a different kind of person. Yeah. That's the tribe that we hang out in. That's just right. the people that we, you know, that resonate with us. Yeah. It's kind of wild. And then those are the races that we like to create. I mean, you definitely, right? right? That's why that race is so special to you. Yeah. And I, I talk, to, talk to the staff before every, every race, and I say, everybody out here is doing something amazing. And you don't know what's going on for that person. Even if, if they're running our 10K or 150-mile race, to that person, they want to do the best that they can. Right. That could be the biggest thing they've ever done in their life right there that right. day. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and at one point that was for us. I mean, we all have that story. We all started at zero, for goodness sake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the things that are next for you? For me personally? So you personally, that can be um, adventure, sports. It can be business. It can be anything. What are your next missions? Uh, you know, I, I don't have any races that I'm doing right now. Okay. I had an injury this past year that uh, set me back a little bit. You broke your leg? Broke my leg. Yep. Uh, On so, an adventure? No. Wrestling. Oh, hell. I was wrestling. Okay. Mm -hmm. Broke my leg in three places. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that set me back a little bit. So as far as, you know, the physical things that I want to do, um, I'm not sure where I'm going with races or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, you're still biking. I saw you mountain biking this week out there. Yep. Uh -huh. so yep. You're I'm okay still bike, biking and I'm hiking and doing a little bit of running. Okay. It, it's pretty much there mm -hmm. you know maybe the drive is just a little bit behind the 
the recovery. Did you learn anything while you were injured and being down like that in a forced recovery mode? So every day for almost 30 years, I run one mile. I stretch for about an hour after that. And I, I miss about 10 days a year. So, you know, it's not every day. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I've been doing that for about 30 years. And when I broke my leg, I was really upset because I wouldn't be able to do that. Mm. And But I was determined not to let that keep me down. Mm -hmm. So I started crutching a mile every morning. Crutching? Crutching a mile Are every morning. Are you talking morning. about you were on your crutches, on my crutches and you went out and right. you did a mile on your crutches? Yep. <laughs> yep. And then I started working towards goals, like trying to get a faster mile on my crutches. Oh, my gosh. And I broke the 20-minute mile, and then I was hoping to break a 15-minute mile. On crutches? I, on crutches. Oh, I got shit. down to 15.38, and, uh, and then my leg got better. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But but what did I learn? I, yeah, I, I'm always afraid that the only reason I'm able to do some of these things is because of the gifts I was given. You know, I'm not, I'm not working, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not just trying to survive. I'm not having to hunt down animals uh, to survive. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, um, you know, living in poverty anywhere, you know, somewhere in the world uh, that's just trying to find my next meal. Mm. So, so that's, that's a gift. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I'm physically capable, that's a gift. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a lot of things that, that were, that I was born into. So I always wonder what if I didn't have those gifts? What, could I still be strong? Mm -hmm. It's easy to be strong when you're healthy. Mm -hmm. It's easy to be strong when, when things are coming your way. What happens when they, when they're not going your way? That's right. It happens to everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just hope that when things aren't going my way, that I would, could be strong. And, and don't get me wrong, I, you know, the broken leg uh, is, is not as major as it could have been right. or, or uh, that the people deal with. Yeah. But I saw that where most people would not, would give in to that injury, I was out there working hard and pushing myself. Yeah, absolutely. So I was, I was happy about that. Mm -hmm. We went on vacation and I like crawling down to the beach you know <laughs> you went to costa rica <laughs> went to costa rica uh -huh. yeah and uh and you know there were people there that wanted, were trying to help me get down to the beach nope i've got it <laughs> and crawling and using my crutches and mm -hmm. you know hobbling down to the beach and mm -hmm. uh, just so that i didn't feel that i was giving into this injury interesting interesting yeah it's just you've got this um, sort of almost endless well that you keep digging into and digging into. But it's endless, right? Like you don't – what are you going to be doing when you're 80 or 90 or 100? Do you have any ideas or do you even care? I, You know, I, I – so I don't know that I have this endless well, but I have this fear of that I don't have, have this endless well. Really? And I feel that every time I miss that morning run, that one mile morning run, yeah, that's the start of my downhill slide. Is that right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Every time I get injured and I can't do the things I want to do, I feel that's the start of my downhill slide. Oh, that's fascinating. And um, how old are you? Fifty. 
Okay. Just turned 50. So I'm 49. I'm going to turn 50 next year. And there's a lot of interesting things that happen at these major turning points in our age, right? Where we sort of do this like retrospect. Are we ha are we the halfway mark? I mean, you know, it's right. kind of one way to think about it. Right. Um, and does the halfway mark mean, because we're going to live to 100, right? I mean, right. everybody's right. living longer and longer. Yeah. Does it mean that um, we're somehow capable of less? Or is there actually the opportunity that we're somehow capable of more? So here's my perspective. Mm -hmm. Because I was at a pretty good place at one point in my life with wrestling, mm -hmm. you know, um, physically. Your first sport, your first love. Right. And, and I can't I can't not get there again. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of it. I will never be as good as I was. And even with the running, I have some questions as to whether I could get back to some of the ultra running that I was doing before. And, and I was never a, a good ultra runner, but I, I did some... I had some pretty good accomplishments, mm -hmm. but this is the way I look at it. You have two choices as you get older. You could either quit or you could lower your standards. Mm -hmm. And both are pretty good options. Mm -hmm. If, if I've reached to reach the point where I am done with wrestling and I walk away from it, that's pretty good. I've done it and I've experienced it. And now I'm done. With so, that chapter. With that chapter. Right. So quitting is not a bad thing. The other option is lowering your standards. If I could go in there every day now and I wrestle with these young, these young guys that are way younger and stronger and more athletic than me and they beat me now, mm -hmm. that's okay too if I'm enjoying it. If I go in there, I don't have to win every day now. Good. Because I, I can't win now. Mm -hmm. So if I could lower my standards... Mm -hmm. And say, if I do the best that I can now, and and you know, and continue doing the sports that I love, even if I don't do them at the same level that I used to, I'm lowering my standards. But that's not a bad thing. So you've got the two choices: either quit or lower your standards. I think you've got a third choice, and you actually have exercised it well, which is finding new things. Right. So right. learn something new. So you go, oh, I'm right. going to not do wrestling competitively anymore. Right. What the hell is this ultra running thing about? What's adventure right. racing about? Well, and that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'd quit wrestling. I'd walk away from wrestling. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because, yes, I will find something else. Yes. I will find ultra running. And if so, at some point I'm no longer interested in the ultra running and I, I decide, well, I'm going to quit ultra running mm -hmm. and I find whitewater rafting. That's okay that I quit the ultra running. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And you're going to show up at an adventure race pretty soon with me. And then yeah, that's going definitely. to be that whole thing. Right, right. <laughs> Which you've done, but you'll do it again. And now that yes. you're doing it with all these years of knowledge and experience and expertise in different arenas that you never had before, it's going to be a totally different experience. Totally different. Yeah. And, I, and I look forward to that side of it. Uh -huh. You I, might come up with a different team name for example. Right, right, right. <laughs> The early days of, of the internet, yeah, this, those days are gone. All the teams were like .coms and .orgs. It was just so they were, uh, it was very like, common. I think like 60% of, of the team names had the word extreme in them. <laughs> there, there was some <laughs> weird statistic at the time. That's that awesome. Oh, I love that yours had fun in it. Right, That's right, just, right. Yeah, it's going to be super fun for 10 days. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Fun.edu. Oh, that's so cool. So I have a couple more questions for you. I'm curious about, I've seen you in a lot of different 
formats, you know, and you know yourself pretty well. I feel like you do a lot of deep personal work and probably a lot of it is because you're so damn adventurous and you're willing to, you know, go to the dark side, go to the light side and explore lots, right. of, lots yeah. of aspects of yourself. Yeah. Um, what would you say brings out the worst in you? Well, as we were talking about before, I fear the weakness mm. in myself. And it, <laughs> the same things that attract me are, are also the things that I fear. You know, I want to be strong. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be able to dig deep. So I push those limits. Mm -hmm. And then when I find that limit, it's very troubling to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you're faced with the fact that you're human or <laughs> that you have limits or what aspect of it is troubling? That I'm not the toughest son of a bitch out there. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So I, I, I know. A, I know that in it's my a comparative heart. to others. Then, well, I know that something's possible. Mm -hmm. If something isn't possible and I fail at it, okay, you know, I, I died trying. Mm -hmm. But if I know that something's possible, and I feel that it was the weakness in myself mm -hmm. that didn't allow me to accomplish it, uh, then that, that's troubling to me. So do you go back and work on that weakness or do you accept it? Uh, I reluctantly accept it probably. Okay. You know, I, I, uh, I'm continually testing my limits mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I keep trying to figure out where those limits are mm. and not just physically because again, as I get older, those limits are, are getting lower, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but that mental drive. Mm-hmm. Was I able to push through it? Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's things from wrestling. Uh, I could think of a couple losses in wrestling mm -hmm. that haunt me. Still sting. That, that not because of technical, but because uh, I gave up when I was mm -hmm. out there. Interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you find that you believe more in others or in yourself? I'd have to say others. Okay. I look at, like I said, I I'm I know I'm not the toughest person out there. And when people compliment me, say, wow, you know, it's amazing. You ran 100 miles. Well, I ran 100 miles really slowly. There's people <laughs> who do it fast, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I wrestled internationally. Well, it's not like it was the Olympics or anything. Mm -hmm. you know? um, I I look at what other people do, and I'm amazed by it. And I, and I really want, I wish I was that strong or I wish I was that accomplished. And people say, you know, that some of the stuff I do is, is dangerous. No, that's not dangerous. Look at what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Now that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you know, don't you have fear? I'm only jumping off of a 30 foot cliff. You know, people dive off of hundred foot cliffs, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what they're doing is amazing, not, not what I'm doing. I, I'm dabbling a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, we do kind of do risky stuff in relationship to the rest of the world, right? right? So most of the population is sitting at a desk and having a very different lifestyle than, you know, ultra athletes are choosing to do. Right. And I have plenty of friends who say, you know, if I died doing this sport, I'm totally okay with that because I'm doing what I love. I'm taking risks and I'm okay with that. You, you not so much? No, I don't think that anybody, if, if you're rock climbing 
you don't really think that there's a that there's a risk you might die. Mm -hmm. You feel like you got it, and that's why you're doing it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, people say that I think to make themselves feel more comfortable with somebody's death. Mm -hmm. But if that person knew they were going to die on that rock climb, I could They'd promise stop. you they would not have done it. They'd stop. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that I take calculated risks mm -hmm. and I think I'm pretty good at calculating those risks. Mm -hmm. Maybe everybody does, <laughs> you know, even the people who die doing, doing those things. Um, but I, I think mine are very, <laughs> very calculated and, and within reach. That's good. You know, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not out for a cheap thrill. Mm -hmm. I went through a period where I was trying to get that adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. and I was bungee jumping and skydiving and, and all those things. Uh, some cheap thrills back in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. I'm not there anymore. It's not worth dying for me. No, you've yeah. got a life and a family yeah. and a business. And yeah, got a lot to live for. A lot to live for. So my last question then is, what do you feel brings out the best in you? A challenge. A challenge. A good challenge. Mm -hmm. Yep. An obstacle to get past. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I have something to work for, I could I could dig and I could I could focus. Mm -hmm. If it's something that I really want, boy, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about ultra running. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time thinking about wrestling and and putting those those thoughts into action. And I think when I put my mind to something, a big challenge that I'm afraid I might not accomplish, mm -hmm. that's when I, I focus and- You and, go all in. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you're all in is when you're at your happiest. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. When, when I don't have to think, when I know what my next step is, I could, I just keep taking those steps until until I achieve or until I've reached a point where I can't take any more steps. Mm -hmm. And you do the work. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I love it. Well, this was such a pleasure. Thanks yeah. for being here with me and Rob and hanging out and yeah, get to know you a little me. bit better. I'm sure this will not be the last time we hang out. No, no. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk soon. We've got will. a lot to talk about. Thanks, Reed. Thank you. A huge thank you to Reed for carving out so much of his time to sit down with Sam today. If you'd like to know more about Gemini Reed, go to GeminiAdventures.com about us. Also, make sure you follow our host, Samantha Pruitt, on Instagram at the Samantha Pruitt. You can also learn more about her through our website, EnduranceTownUSA.com. And thank you for joining us on this adventure to Endurance Town USA, where we travel the world to sit down and chat with regular people living the endurance lifestyle. Thanks again to our partners at Race Roster for making this Faces Behind the Races miniseries possible. If you haven't yet, make sure you hit subscribe today to hear more great stuff as it lands. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Endurance Town USA to see behind the scenes photos, videos, and more. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you the next time we go on an adventure to Endurance Town USA. Bring it back.